This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 2nd, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. After years of quantitative easing with no obvious end in sight and a leadership change on the horizon, what should the Federal Reserve do? Jeff Myron, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, has a few suggestions. We've had quantitative easing for five years with no explicit pledge that it's ever going to end. Uh, We assume it will, but uh, the Fed's balance sheet is uh, completely out of whack from historical norms, even big uh, problems that the United States has experienced in the past. It's it's way beyond uh, anything like that. So given that we know that there's going to be a Fed for the next few years, uh, whether or not we like that idea, and that we knew we know that there's going to be a new Fed chairman at some point in the future, what should the Federal Reserve do? We as libertarians may or may not be thrilled with having a central bank. There's certainly very good reasons to have qualms about uh, what central banks have done, what the Fed has done. But the fact is we're, we have a Fed and we're going to end up having a Fed no matter what for at least some non-trivial period of time. So what should it do with this huge portfolio and with its bond purchases? My recommendation would be that it try to eliminate all the guesswork about what it's going to do, when it's going to stop the QE purchases, when it's going to wind those down, and when it's going to start to raise interest rates. That it basically say, we've done what we can do. The remaining problems in the economy have very little, if anything, to do with monetary policy. So then say announce that in six months, we're going to start tapering our bond purchases down to zero get them down to zero over a year, and then we will just let our existing very large portfolio gradually come to maturity, and so we'll pay it off and, and draw it down to a normal amount over, say, two years, well, over, over five to ten years, really, and do something similar about their interest rate targets, raise their targets for short-term rates in a totally predictable way, say, 25 basis points every six months for two years or something like that. Now, uh, that sounds like a rule, right? Uh, what about those people who say, look, we, the minute we announce a policy like this, the resp- response from the market is going to be decidedly negative and the rule uh, at some point will cease to be credible and we'll have to go back to some policy of uh, sort of endless endless inflation of the money supply? It's absolutely right that it's hard for central bank to credibly commit to a future policy. But it's also incredibly hard for to commit to a really unusual policy if everybody expects that this highly unusual, unprecedented policy is going to go back to quote unquote normal at some point. But then the market is also wasting a lot of energy trying to figure out when exactly and what exactly the conditions under which the Fed will start to taper and all that. So I think the Fed could move in the right direction and have a somewhat easier time being credible and staking with its commitments if it announces a set of commitments and a plan that makes sense, that's very easy to understand that no one can have any doubt whether it is sticking to its plan or not, whether it's changed its mind or has some hidden agenda. So I think it's a step in the right direction. But granted, there there could be backlash and difficulty in sticking to that plan. Now, what uh, precedents do we have for that kind of long-term announced policy uh, and uh, a central bank sticking with that? I would say the best example of long-term sticking to a pre-announced policy is actually not so much central banks. It was a gold standard or the rules of the game in the U.S. and England and to some extent France and Germany in the pre-1914 gold standard. Now, of course, even there, there was an abandonment of the commitment to stick to a long-term plan when World War came one came along and there was an urgent need for revenue. So your question before is absolutely right. It's really hard to stick to a plan forever just if circumstances get really out of whack. 
But I think we want to move in that direction of giving clear, predictable signals to the market and letting the market adjust for some very simple, easy to understand path for monetary policy. Uh, the critique I'm hearing in my head is the phrase, we owe it to ourselves. That is to say, we've uh, borrowed a bunch of money and uh, that'll have to be paid back at some point. But the argument is, look, we this money is, these debts aren't totally real? That is, we owe the money to ourselves. Well, we owe some of it to ourselves. We owe substantial amounts to the rest of the world, to Canada, to Japan, to the UK, to China, and so on. Um, but it is right that if we totally owe it to ourselves and everyone were sufficiently forward-looking, then interest rates should be unaffected today by whether we say we're paying off a lot of that debt now or we're paying it off two years from now because everybody would look forward and done that. If you want to take that very long run, what economists call Ricardian perspective, I think that would be great. Of course, a huge fraction of the arguments for fiscal policy stimulus and all that abandon the Ricardian perspective and assume that everyone is sort of short-term focused and naive. I think the truth is in between. There are a decent number of sophisticated long-term looking consumers and of course there's some unsophisticated short-term consumers. So we could expect there to be, in my view, some effects on interest rates from how quickly we pay back the debt or not. So a policy like this essentially switching to a rule in which we know what targets are going to be years from now today, uh, what's the effect that, that you suspect that would have on fiscal policy? I don't think it will have a big effect on fiscal policy because that's going to come down to fights over how much expenditure we want with roughly Republicans, Libertarians wanting much lower, Democrats wanting at least as much or more. It's not obvious we're going to see any resolution on that in the medium-term future. And, or it could mean tax policy. There, there's some, some ways even bigger disputes. Democrats think that we can help the problem with higher taxes by reducing deficits. And yet there's concerns that we're getting to the point where squeezing more revenue is not – attempting to get more revenue is not going to work. And there, there are going to be serious effects on growth from trying to raise more revenue with higher tax. So we really will have very little beneficial effect uh, from that approach. Well, but I mean the, the Federal Reserve has been uh, enabling for a long time uh, fiscal expansion. Uh, and you say those fights are going to occur. But here again, you, we talk about this independent Fed, but it just doesn't seem, again, credible to have a Fed that would uh, be able to commit to a rule in the face of uh, political forces. So point well taken, the path that I'm prescribing, but which will come about sooner or later no matter what, implies that we're going to have higher interest rates. That puts pressure on the federal deficit because higher interest payments in terms of rolling over the debt and over a number of years, that gets to be quite substantial as we roll over the old debt that's at low interest rates and have to issue new debt uh, at higher interest rates. So I don't have a great answer for that. Credibility and long-term commitment is really hard. But it's even harder if you make no attempt to do it, okay? If your announced policy is we're going to wait and adjust depending on a whole set of not fully specified things that we can't quite tell you in any precise terms, if we take this sort of Stuart, Potter Stewart, we know it when we see it, then, of course, there's almost no chance of credibility. So I think that the pre-announcement at least is a step in the direction, um, but I accept that it's hard. <laughs> Jeff Myron is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.